Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast with our friends, supported by our friends at Blue Collar Street Food. So not the best of circumstances for me to host today. Uh, we have thrown it a 1-0 lead away, lost 2-1 at home to Millwall. So still need to dissect it, still need to reflect. Uh, we're still in the playoffs, but let's discuss um, our thoughts and yeah, see what's uh, what lies ahead as well. And joining me tonight, we have Neil. Good evening, Neil. Good evening, Eric. And we have Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi, Eric. So, I suppose, first of all, we'll have some quick reactions. What do you make of that, Neil? What do you make of the game? Absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> we we looked as if we got, we got the, the fluky, excellent goal, depending on where you want to look at it. And we seemed content at that. And we didn't really kind of like take the game further to Millwall. And and they managed it. They managed the game. They took it to us. And, and we paid for it. We, we just didn't manage that game well at all. Yeah. And same question to you, Nick. I mean, uh, are you feeling as deflated as I am? Yeah. Uh, really frustrating, really. It's a game we really should have seen at least 1-0. Even when we conceded. Even if we didn't get the win. Just take the point disappointing point but to lose that it's it's not it, it reminds me of seasons gone by recent seasons gone by and it's exactly the sort of game we would have lost there and I, I feel like we turned that corner but but maybe we haven't based on that yeah and looking at the the starting 11 we'll go back to before the game uh, a couple of changes deal we had Holmes and, and Gibson coming in the fullback positions um, uh, for Yeardom and Richards. Maybe a bit of a surprise there with Richards. We, we still have Swift, Mate, Pushkas missing. Um, but it looked also like um, Rinomota and Semedo swapped roles potentially. Yeah. What, what did you make of the team when you saw saw the lineup? I mean, look, you, you'd have got good money for um, picking Gibson in your squad beforehand, that's for sure. Um, I, I guess Pano was thinking that there was going to be a lot more of an aerial threat from set pieces with Millwall, which is understandable. Um, Yeardom, yeah, he, he said himself he felt leggy after the game and quite tired. So I can I can see justification there, possibly. Um, but it, it, it did seem to, to put things out of kilter a bit. Rinomota going forward was was nice to see. and but But conversely, we went everything centrally as a result. That we had no no width, we had nothing going forward in the in the the last third really. I mean, there's probably grass growing in in the corner areas of the field now because no one touched them. Um, so yeah, some of the changes from Pounder you could get. Um, we'll come to the subs later, no doubt. But um, yeah, it was it was I could see what he was trying to do in part, but I'm I'm not entirely sure it worked. Yeah, and also looking at the the Millwall team, Nick, there was a, a few former Reading FC players. We have Jay Cooper, John Daddy Bodvarsson, George Evans, also Alex Pierce on the bench. But, I mean, looking at Millwall, you, you'd have us as, as home favourites before the game, right? Yeah, I think Jed Wallace was on the bench for them as well. And he, he's been carrying Millwall for a long time. And I'd probably say he's the only player in that team with, with any real quality. Uh, you know, they're not a bad team, but, but it's the only player with some quality. I mean, he comes on at half-time and obviously changes the game maybe slightly. But they're... There's no one that really in that Millwall team. There's no one that scared me. There's no one I thought yeah. he, he's he's going to stand out today. But it so it's frustrating to lose to a team like that when there's no 
there's no well, Matt Smith obviously came on the beast, but yeah, I, I don't know how we've gone and lost that. You mean to say you don't feel threatened by John Daddy Bodvarsson, Nick? No, we, we know not to be threatened by John Daddy Bodvarsson. Right, fair enough. Um, early on, I suppose first half, Neil, it was quite quite sort of um, a, a scrappy affair early on. They hit the bar through George Evans, and I suppose that was probably the best chance of um, of the first half. And then, uh, obviously, classic I follow the, the the goal, and we just don't see it. But what what actually happened there, Neil? It was. I missed it as well, and I was hoping my feed was going to catch up, but luckily it did. But it, it just seemed to be really routine, and I don't know if like Samedo had a little view of the future of where that ball was going to go and how it was going to arrive to him. But how we put that one away, I don't think anyone will know really. And you know, there was a, there was a poll going out there. Um, you know, was it deliberate or not? And when I looked, it was like fifty-fifty of whether it was a, a deliberate or a very very clever fluke. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll take it. We, we didn't really seem to to do an awful bunch, um, apart from that, and apart from a bit of at least magic. But um, it was it was a first half that we we, we did well with, and Millwall, we, you know, they had a fair bit of possession. But as Nick says, it, there was nothing to worry about. You could kind of watch with half an eye on the screen and not think that they were going to do anything with it. Um, but obviously their manager saw something different in that and thought, right, we'll mix this up in the second half. Yeah, and, and do, you, do you think he meant it, Nick, the goal? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think maybe it's like a half tackle, half clearance, and maybe he's taking a punt, seeing the goalie off his line, but I'm not sure. I think he's got a bit lucky with it. I don't think he meant it. Yeah, AD Williams on BBC Bark said that he was convinced he, he didn't mean it. But I, yeah, yeah I'd probably agree. Bit, bit of a tough one to, to call, really, but quite uncharacteristic of Bielkowski, uh, Bielkowski, who's been one of their best players in the last few seasons. I think he's one player of the year at Ipswich as well previously. Mm. Yeah, he's a, he's a good keeper, isn't he, at championship level? Very proven, experienced, good shot stopper. Yeah, exactly. And um, after the goal, I mean, there was not a lot else to, to really talk about um, in terms of first-half action. Nick, the game seemed to really kind of die down until the 40th minute and we just had a, a sublime bit of skill from Elise and, and just a, a cutting pass. Did you think he, that Jao was going to score? Yeah, you'd, you'd feel confident in Jao this season, wouldn't you, in a chance like that? Maybe he rushed his, rushed his uh, shot there. Um, he side-footed it, trying to place it past the goalkeeper into the corner. If he had a touch, maybe he could have composed himself a bit more. Uh, I mean, normally strikes his shots with quite quite a lot of power and he didn't really seem to get that power on the ball. But I think if he scores there, we, we go on to see that out quite comfortably. Yeah, and, and do you think do you think it's more uh, a bad miss or do you think it's a good save? How would you class it that? It was a decent save. It was a bit of an angle for, for Jao. Uh, I mean, he didn't hit it brilliantly, but it's a, it's a good save. I think he'd be disappointed if he conceded uh, the goalkeeper, but... You'd expect Giles to still put that in, maybe take more time on it, compose himself, bear down on goal a bit more. I mean, but the pass through from Elise and the, the general play from him to guide past two or three Millwall players was was fantastic. I think the only uh, the only time we've seen something close to that quality um, or better than that quality was the Bristol City pass for for Mate. Um, mm. That's that was exceptional play from Elise. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Neil? Does that add a few more? million pounds onto the Elise price tag? 
Well, I liked your tweet, Eric. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was definitely one of those things where you, you know, like as Nick said before, in in games gone by, you wouldn't expect quality like that. Um, and he's not done that recently, to be fair. But um, yeah, when he sees it and it's on, that was you know on a sixpence for um, for Joe, and it was just unfortunate we couldn't convert it into into what would have been, I think, eventual points if if that had gone in. I don't think you know Millwall would have come back from that, um, despite what what they did. Um, but yeah, it's that's football, isn't it? It's all based on chances and what you do with them. Yeah, exactly that. And do do we think? Chaps, uh, I'll ask you, Nick. Um, do we think that we kind of sunk to Millwall's level almost in the way that we played rather than played our own game? It, it was a scrappy game for most of it. We linked up play quite well at times in the final final third, especially at 1-0 when the, the game was a bit more open for us up, up the final third. But, um, yeah, it was a scrappy start. I think we expected that. They don't lose many games, Millwall. They don't win many games. They, they tend to draw a lot and... I don't think they play pretty football. So I think you saw with Morrison and McIntyre, Gibson and Holmes as well, we were playing a lot of long balls forward and trying to play off that. So I think maybe we sunk to their level, but only because we couldn't win the midfield battle. Maybe we maybe we lacked a bit of class in the in the central midfield areas. Although we have got three good engines in there, Semedo, Rhino and Lauren, maybe we missed a bit of flair with Swift out. Yeah. And, and do you think... Um... Neil, do you think that swapping Rinomoto and Semedo out affected that? Because it did seem like Lauren also had one of his quieter games. Do you think maybe he suffered because he didn't have Rinomoto next to him? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we showed him in parts what Rinomoto is about going forward. Um, but yeah, I think we did lose a little bit. Not that Semedo played badly. I didn't think he had a bad game at all compared to some of his, his previous efforts. Um, but yeah, when you when you shake up something that's you know never been broken before, um, you, you're going to have have effects. Um, whether we we needed more of an experienced head in there, um, I don't know. But we seem to lack composure in knowing what the right thing to do at the right time was. And uh, with the, you know the long ball was coming out of the back. In, in some ways, yes, to be expected because of the opposition and how they, they're going to press us. But when you've effectively only got Zhao up front to receive the ball, um, you, you're going to lose more second balls than you're going to win. So I'm not sure if if that tactic really, you know, did us any good really. Keeping Samadio up in next to Zhao instead of moving Andy up there, well, what's the difference? I'm not really too sure. Yeah, well, what, what do you think, Nick? Because it seemed like Laurent was fairly quiet, one of his quieter games, and again, he was a little bit quiet, perhaps at, at, against Brentford as well. Is he having a slight dip in form? Yeah, maybe, I think maybe he's tired as well. He's probably a bit fatigued. Uh, Rhino and Lauren have played every game together, and I think Rhino's come off a couple of times. I don't think Laurent's come off much at all. He came off today, didn't he? But He's, he's probably fatigued. I mean, like Neil said, uh, losing the partnership with Rhino slightly probably affected him a bit, a bit of tiredness. Uh, I thought Samino did all right. I thought he did quite well. He's, I think he suits his, it's his natural position. I think he shows that. Um, yeah. I, I liked Rhino being up there because he gave us that bit of energy going forward. As Jarrod drops deep, Rhino sort of pushes on and attacks the, attacks the last defender a bit and chases for the long balls. So maybe that was why, because we were playing long, maybe Rhino was there for that reason to to chase as Jao's not really that sort of player. 
Um, but I, yeah, I'd say Laurent had one of his quieter games, but maybe it's to do with fatigue. Yeah, could well be. And moving on to the second half, it was fairly fairly uh, uneventful, I suppose, for the, the first part of the second half. We had one bit, absolutely amazing bit of skill from Ajaria, which led to a Joao shots. And we had a free kick from Elise, which I think the keeper probably made a bit of a meal um, of. But other than that, Neil, it was fairly quiet, wasn't it, in terms of chances either side? Yeah, it just seemed to be one of those games that, you know, we was going to peter out into a 1-0 if we were sensible about things. But um, Millwall just kept on making substitutions. They just seemed to have about eight forwards coming on. And a bit like when Canos came on for Brentford, when Wallace came on, I thought, oh, here we go. Something's going to happen from him because, he, he's the, as Nick said, he's the only bit of quality they've really got. Um so, you know, they were proactive with their changes and you could see that, you know, something was possibly going to happen as a result of those. Um, whereas we just kind of, you know, sat and didn't make any positive moves. And the changes we did make, as as we've seen, didn't really turn out too well. Yeah. 75 minutes, Nick, we brought on Yeardom for Holmes. And Holmes didn't see, seem happy. And I think a few minutes later, I don't think any of us were happy. But do you, do you think that was the, the thing that really changed the game? Both goals came from the right. So you could argue, argue yes. Um, I wouldn't necessarily have been yeared on for it. But I think the game management from, from Pano there by taking off Holmes was a problem. I thought yeared on should have come on maybe for one of the attacking players. We should take the hit in attacking areas, maybe move Holmes inside maybe more and defend Matt Smith. And uh, I think it was Bradshaw on at the time for Millwall. So I just think he's got the game management wrong. I don't think it came because Yeardon was there, not Holmes. It was just the fact that he took Holmes off uh, rather than an attacking player. Yeah. And you think it was more of a coincidence that the, both the goals came from our right-hand side? Yeah, I think the crosses still would have come in either way. Just we didn't have that aerial presence there. I think the second goal was actually a deflected cross, which fell right on the head of, of Bennett. And yeah. Really defend that's a bit lucky for them, and they've they've gone and scored from it. Yeah. Uh, so it was unmarked though; there was no one around yeah. Bennett when he scored. So yeah, yeah. the first, the first goal as well. With, um, the the centre backs were very flat-footed, and I think uh, McIntyre got sucked into Zahor. Was it Zahor? No, it was Matt. Who was the striker? Was it Bradshaw? He turned and shot before Smith got Bradshaw. Through. Yeah, it was Bradshaw. Yeah, uh, McIntyre got sort of sucked into him. And Morrison should have been marking Bradshaw and that left Smith free. Morrison was deep and it played Smith on side and they were just both a bit flat footed for that for that goal. Yeah. Who who would you blame, Neil, for the for the for their their goal? Uh, Matt Smith's goal. Was it Mor- Morrison playing him on side or not clearing the cross properly? Uh, stopping the cross properly? Like it was a combination of errors and a little bit of luck. Yeah, uh, it was it was just, you know multiple points of failure really but um morrison looked aghast and he was claiming for offside um you know straight after the the goal went in so i i looked at him more than i looked at anyone else but it it, it could have been any any part of it really it was just a bit bit horrific yeah and how does mason bennett get that free nick for the second goal uh, the cross to flex, he just sort of sprints into it late, a bit like uh, Frank Lampard in the old Premier League days. We used to make late runs into the box, really. 
Yeah. And I don't know who's marking. I'm not sure where Bennett's playing when he comes on. Is he is he sort of playing up front mm. or is he playing cent- central? Because he's a, he's a winger, isn't he? Naturally, and he's he's hanging he's around a, in the middle. A winger or striker, but he seemed to have a bit of a free role. And he was yeah, he did. Right so all over the place. Maybe nobody knew who should be picking him up when mm. maybe put quite a few players forward at the time. And I'd imagine one of the fielders should be tracking him. So maybe Samedo or or uh, Rinomota there. Yeah. yeah. From the replay that. Well, the angle of the replay, anyway, that we saw, Lauren was the closest to him. Um, but that could have just been circumstance that he ended up there. But who knows? But mm. I, I think that's, that's a little bit of our ongoing problem that we've got in that we've we've got our kind of midfield box and, and defensive area that people zonally look at. But they don't seem to be effectively tracking it at times, and we've got away with it before. And I think today we, we paid for that. Yeah, and do we think that it was a really like bad performance, or do we think slightly bad luck as well? Because Ejaria does hit the bar at one all, and if he puts that away, it's a slightly different game. So, Nick, I mean, can we be overly critical of this performance? I think it's the I think the frustration is maybe not the performance. Maybe we're overreacting slightly as a fan base on the performance itself. Uh, it's always going to be scrappy, so I think we have to accept that. There's always going to be a horrible game, whether it be one one nil or, or lose two one, as we did. Um, but I, I would say the game management was where where we let ourselves down. Fresh legs, maybe seeing it out when we had to, rather than. I mean, you don't really take a defender for another defender unless there's a clear reason why. Uh, I mean, Holmes wasn't playing badly. He was he was fresh. He didn't play on he didn't play on Wednesday, so it shouldn't be tiredness. He didn't look injured, so I think it's just making the right the right subs. Don't change a defender when there's there's no need. Yeah, and Neil, do do you now worry about our kind of fragility or or mental strength? We've been up in a couple of games in a row now at home and lost them both. I think I think the mental side probably is okay. It's more the physical for me. I think that we've we've got a very good first eleven. Um, obviously, we, we have players out as well that could e- easily slot into a number of positions when they when they return. But um, we we aren't blessed with with depth at all. You couldn't say at any point, right? We really need to make a change positively for this player to come on because he'll do something. It, you know, your ball dot comes on. It's like, well, what for? What's the point? You, you know, nothing's going to happen from that. You look at the the rest of the bench, and it's you know, it's quite defensive looking, and there's no obvious area you could look at and say, right, we'll bring Estevez on now because that would change the shape of the whole whole system. So it's like, well, Pano doesn't do that technically. You know, for most games, he, he very rarely, you know shifts around players too much so there was it was nothing you could you could say that was going to happen from the bench and that's my worry you know you know you've got players like Wallace that comes on Canis that comes on we haven't got that at the moment we might do when Swift comes back possibly and you know other players will shift around but I, I think it, it's, it's the lack of legs that's, that's going to do for us I think and then if we have two or three more results like this coming up soon then the mental side will will surely follow. Yeah. And um, just getting word here that Paunovic is very unhappy with the display after, but do, do we think it's 
it's justified because Nick, you were saying it, it's all that also down to game management from the manager himself, right? Well, what do you think he said to, tonight in the dress, dressing room? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure really because I don't know. I don't think he can really blame the players there. I mean, who who does he blame? Maybe, maybe slightly, but he's got to look at that substitution he, he made, and I think we all we all know that we can all see that. Uh, it, if the goal came within minutes minutes after it happens, uh. I think as well, I think mentally we just need to recover as quickly as possible. And I think that's what he's got to instill into the players. Keep them confident. Don't go off at them too much. Maybe get them rested as much as possible for Tuesday and uh, try and get them try and get them going again for Bristol City because they're very depleted. They just lost 6-0, I think. To, I haven't checked the full. I think it was 6-0 against yeah. Watford. And they've, they've got about five or six players out for the season. Uh, so it's just knowing that these players have to keep their confidence now and uh, take it to Bristol on Tuesday and, and recover from it, bounce back. Yeah, I suppose that is the the one positive, Nick. Right, we've got we're we're in the playoffs still, and if we're feeling deflated, imagine being a Bristol City fan tonight on another six nil hammering. Mm. Um, also, getting word that Swift is possibly out for six weeks. So, what do we make of that news, Nick? Well, uh, that's not good news at all. I mean, it's a soft tissue injury. He's had a scan. Soft tissue injuries don't tend to be that bad normally, so I'm a bit surprised. It's it's not good. Obviously, Mate's out with his groin injury. You, you just want no more than one of those two out at the same time, really, because they just give us a lot more lot more depth in attacking areas or something off the bench, and you can rotate Elise and Aluko. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big loss. He's very crazy. He's not the most mobile. And he, I know he... He sort of pulls fans to to two different sides a bit swift, but he's he's a bit of a mixture between Elise and Ajari. He's just got that bit of magic, and he might not be as a, as mobile as as those two, but I think he's got a much better football brain, and he's as technical as both of them, and he's, he's a real miss in the side. Yeah, and do we think Neil that it might be the thing that costs us this season in terms of any kind of promotion aspirations? The fact that we didn't strengthen in January. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's no doubt the club tried, um, but we know the financial situation. It's it's not that you can just pluck players out and and just uh, get them willy nilly. That's we know that's not the case. But but yeah, you know, the opposition knows pretty much what our our attacking force is going to be like game after game. We we've got no no players you could bring in that are absolute game changers. Aluko, you can bring in. He can do a job, but you know he's he's not going to affect the the game positively. Um, and we haven't got much much else that you could say is an absolute reliable sub to come on and make a difference. They're there to to come on if there's an injury, and you have to. They're not there as options. Yeah, absolutely right. And do we think do we think Pushkas could come back and have an influence this season at all, Nick? I, I think he can. He's, he's just had such an unlucky run lately of the injuries. I think he had the hernia and then a groin problem following the hernia. I think it was something like that I read. So he now needs he needed an operation to fix that to stop it becoming a long-term problem. So he, if he's fit and available, it means we can take Jao off for the last 20 to give him a break. Maybe we can put Jao on the bench for some games. And it, obviously, you want Jao starting, but he, he just looks... He just looks uh, sort of knackered at the minute. He's good for sort of 45 minutes or so, or he, he floats in and out of games. But second half, he just becomes anonymous or he sulks. And 
We just need that option to either give them a breather or to bring them off. And we don't have that at the moment. So it's like, like we said earlier about Bulldog, he, he doesn't really give you much. He'll run and run and run, but he's pretty useless. Whereas Pushkash is, is a bit of a mixture. He's got sort of the physicality and he runs a bit like Bulldog, but then he's got the physicality to get the ball and make something with it. And we just lack that extra option. And you need Pushkash or Mate available to come in alongside Jao or, or for Jao. Yeah. I, I'm wondering whether the three of us, we, we're obviously re- reacting straight after the game. Are, are we completely blowing this out of all proportions? The first you know, hour against Brentford, we looked fairly decent. And all of a sudden now, it's a bit sort of doom and gloom. I suppose the mm. swift in, uh, news isn't good, Neil, but we, there are some positives there, right? We're still in the playoffs and we're, st- we're still playing some decent football not so very long ago. It's just a bad day at the office, perhaps. Yeah, there is that. I mean, you can't deny what they put into that game against Brentford. They they put an awful lot of energy into this one. If there was any tiredness coming into this game, I could I could totally see why. Um, yeah, we we are reacting to to a couple of results, but you know, teams in the playoffs shouldn't have back to back home defeats. And was it now we've lost eight? Is it? Um, you shouldn't really lose any more than 10 to 12 in a, in a season if you think you're going to get promoted. So just gone by stats, you kind of think, yeah, we, we've done very well to accumulate the amount of points that we've got. And we're analysing this defeat as if it's put us in a relegation zone. But when you just look at the bigger picture of how fragile our squad is, um, that we you can't mix it up now and say we can drop some players that didn't have good games and replace them with others. You know, will we have enough legs to, to get us into the playoffs and, you know, win three games there? Um, it's, it's a little bit difficult to see right now, but um, yeah. that's glass half empty. Yeah. Where, where are you, Nick? Are you glass half empty, glass half full, somewhere in between? Yeah, I'd say I'm quite confident. I think we'll still get the playoffs. Uh, I think it's injuries that are crippling us a little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't blame that on today. Maybe the bench and the options, but we could have seen it out better with, with the options we had still, I think. But uh, I, I just look at the chasing pack, and there's some good sides outside the top six, Blackburn, Middlesbrough. Um, there's, there's a few in Cardiff that pulled right up there with Keith Moore pulling them up, but... I just don't think they're consistent enough. And I think because of our gap at the moment, we'll have enough consistency to, to keep enough of a the gap there. And uh, hopefully if we can get players fully fit, uh, especially going into the running and the, and the playoffs, if, if we do make it, then then we'll be strong for the last few games and, and the playoffs itself. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Blackburn, you mentioned Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough lost today, Blackburn yeah. lost last night. So exactly. yeah. the results at least, I suppose that is another positive to take. The results went our way. Um so we'll uh, give a bit of a prediction then. What do we think against Bristol City uh, in midweek? What, what are you going for, Neil? Uh, glass half full, one nil. I think we'll win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, not not completely inconceivable, right? They've just been no. hammered six nil. So, yeah, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll win. I'm going to be confident. Say two nil. I think they'll suit us more than say the scrappy Millwall game. It'll suit our flair players a bit. Um, they're, they're really depleted with injuries. I mean, we, we moan about our injuries, but Bristol City are a bit far, far worse than us. Um, so I, I feel they'll be very um, demotivated after that 6-0 defeat. Maybe I'll try for a reaction, but but we're in that same position as well. And I think we'll have the quality to, to grab the win there. 
Excellent. Well, thanks very much, chaps. We'll be back um, from EPR with a Bristol City preview, I believe. So thanks for listening. And yeah, I suppose overall feelings are slightly glass half full. We're still in there. We're still in with a fighting chance. So come on, you ours. <laughs>